0: And I have a concern in our culture that many of us are being really misled and misguided and really malformed by maybe people who are influencers on social media, uh, possibly celebrity, politician. And I think what they're presenting to us is an unrealistic way to live. But yet Jesus, when he started his public ministry, he didn't start with a grassroots political campaign or a media blitz. He chose, get this, 12 eclectic, very broken, insidious men and he said these words, follow me. And follow me isn't like an electronic uh, invite to join a book club or a Sunday school class. Really what he was saying, when you follow me, you will become like me. And we're going to put up on the screen. And remember you're not just a fan. You're a player. We spectate because we're interacting not just with one another but with God together. And worship is this, and maybe you'll read it with me. Worship is the people of God adoring God. Then my Michael did uh, just a amazing job. Stewardship, say it with me, is the people of God participating in the work of God. I really like that. Come on. I'm not just spectating So oh, the music's loud. Yeah, it's new, but I don't know if I like it. Come on. You're not a fan. You're a player. And that's why many of us raise our hand. We sing. It's not karaoke. It's, we're worshiping our God. Then last week, I really loved it, uh, is fellowship and say it with me, is the people of God living as the family of God and We are family. We got all my brothers and sisters with me. Thank you, Sister Sledge. We is family. So if you're isolated or feel detached, you're a part of the family of God. And today we're going to talk about discipleship and repeat it with me. Discipleship is the people of God practicing the ways of God. And I'd like to say it this way, the people of God following God, following God. So this morning I want to talk about the purpose of following, the pattern of following and the practice of following. If there's any message that would be a signature of my life, it's this message. And I really did not find God. I used to tell people that. I used to say, I found the Lord. Until I thought about it, Tina, he wasn't lost. I was lost. He found me. And and so I remember when God became very real to me, it was in eighth grade, And if you haven't signed up for youth camp, do it. Because my life was changed at a youth camp. So was Chuck Smith. So was Rick Warren. So was Billy Graham. Their lives were changed at a camp. And it was the last night at the camp. I was expelled from my middle school three times. Uh, One was because we went and smoked some ganja. They didn't call it back then. Another one, uh, I threw a spitball at the teacher. I can't tell you the third one. And... But you know what? Maybe you have a teenager that is ornery like I was. Can I tell you there is hope for the ornery? Because if God chose me and called me, he could choose anybody. Amen? And we really do believe that. I will tell you when God really became real to me was at the grave of my father when I was 16. I experienced the personal enveloping presence of God. And let me describe it on my, on my mind and in my heart. I knew God was a good father and that he would be with me. And that's when I wanted to follow Jesus. I want to begin to talk about the purpose of following. If you have your Bibles... Go with me to John 1, one and I really believe a deep, constant awareness of the presence of Jesus is a revelation. If you want to learn how to cook tacos, if you want to learn how to cook a chocolate cake, you'll get a cookbook. And it will give you facts and knowledge how to do it step by step. The Bible is not a step by step book. It is the world of revelation. And when we say revelation, have you ever had an aha moment? Ah, it just occurred to me. God never has an aha moment. Moment. He's omni-aha moment. He knew from the beginning, the very end, and all things are known by him. And God's world is a world of revelation. If I could tell you today, if your eyes like Venetian blinds were open, you see, you could have the blind shut and you think all that you know is inside, but yet there is a world that is so close to us that when we begin to see God in his world, we will follow him more closely. And a disciple highest pursuit, I believe this, is to live in constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, there are two reasons. The purpose for following God, number one, is to be with God. To be with God, then the next is to become like God. Go to John chapter 1, verse 1. I don't even know why I'm opening this, so I'm going to close it because I already know I'm going to open it because you may not know it. Go to John chapter 1. It says this in verse 1. If you know it, say it with me. It's fun to kind of repeat. And by the way, this is how you can memorize scripture. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. I want you to underline the part. In the beginning, the word was with God. This is an eternal principle of following. Now, that word isn't like speaking word or hearing word. So it's not the written word or the spoken word. That word is where we get our... Our English word logic. The most logical thing for you and I to do is to be with God. If you have your Bibles, now go with me to Mark chapter 3, verse 13. And one of my favorite annunciations, remember Gabriel appeared to the Virgin and he says, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed be the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And they he goes on and saying, You're gonna carry the very Son of God. But in Joseph, he also appeared in He said this, Emmanuel, and you know what Emmanuel is? God with us. That is how we follow. It's God with us. Let's read uh, Mark chapter 3. And we're going to begin to look at verses 13 and 14. And he, Jesus, went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself I just want to pause. That that staggers me that God would want me. But yet he, he only calls those who he wants. And he says, and they came to him. You cannot come to Christ unless God is calling. I have a sense today there's someone either online or in the auditorium that God wants you. He's calling you. And guess what? Today is your day. You're coming to Jesus. Oh, you think it's your wife? You think it's your stepdad. You think it's your grandfather, your mom. No, no, no. God wants you. He's calling you. And if God calls you, you're coming. Can you say amen? And it says this, then he appointed the twelve. Why did he appoint them? That they might be with him. I want that to settle. Before God sends you into your career path, he first calls us to be with him. So it says he called them to be with him and they that he might send them out to preach. So we see that God following is simply being with Jesus. Let's go to one more verse. This is Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. It's the great commission. Go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son, the Holy Spirit, that's going to happen. If you have not been baptized, get baptized today. I love verse 20. It says, I am with you always. There it goes. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And that is the purpose of following. I want to begin to tell you of the pattern of following or the model or the pathway. Uh, I really believe in prayer because my twin sister and I, when we were born, we were born two months premature. We weighed a mere three pounds. They said we would not make it. And my dad prayed. He wasn't really a praying person, but he prayed. And he said, God, if you let my babies live, I'll never smoke. He was a chain smoker. And so we lived. He stopped smoking and they named me St. Jude. So I always, I still do have a sense that God is a prayer-hearing God, a praying God, and a prayer-answering God. I want to say that again. If you need an answer to prayer, there's good news. Our God is a praying God. He is a prayer-listening God. And He is a prayer-answering God. And prayer is the pattern of the disciples. Now, I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 11. But before we do, as a a person that was raised in the Catholic Church, I really knew the the Our Father. And I'm going to do it probably from that traditional way. This is how they said, now we're going to look at a modern translation. And I'm going to read it. Then I'm going to have you read it with me. Because remember, you're not a fan. You're not at the Dodgers game. You are a player on the field. You're not a spectator in a chair. Okay, so we're going to participate. But this is how we would say it. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our tra- This one always gets me because I do not like forgiving people. It says, forgive us our trespasses. How? As we forgive others their trespasses. For thine is the kingdom, the glory, and the power forever. And we would say that in a repetitive way. My life changed forever. I was 22, so that's over 41 years ago. They had a man come to the university uh, where I was attending, and he said, Something, hear this, something supernatural happens when a person prays an hour a day. Well, it was difficult, pretty much impossible for me to pray an hour a day. I tried. I pray for my family, I pray for friends, I pray for provision. And you think you prayed an hour, you look at the watch, and it's only five minutes. And have you ever had that experience and you just run out of words? How many times can you pray, you know, for a job? You get worn out. But this person came and said, use the Lord's Prayer. And he said this, he said, more than repetitive, like, (laughs) instead of trying to pray that a 100 times a day, use it as a model, use it as a pathway, use it as a pattern. And if you do that, you will have the potential, please get this, to pray and hour a day. When I began to do that, and truly I was a mediocre student, my life changed forever. And that would become the practice of my life for over 41 years. And I cannot tell you the miracles that follow using the Lord's prayer as a model. Now let's go to Luke chapter 11. As you're turning to Luke 11, I want to quote Luke 18. You could just write this down, Luke 18.1. And it says this, I wish men everywhere. Now, ladies, when he's saying men, it's just New King James. It means men and women, people everywhere. He says, Listen, it says, I wish. God has a desire. God has a dream board. I know you know your dream board. Maybe you should ask the Lord what's on his dream board. And a part of his dream, I wish men. Everywhere would pray and not lose heart. If following God, being with God is the purpose, then what is the pattern? And that is praying the way God taught. Now, let me just stop. I want to go back. One of the main reasons, if you have a child or a teenager, you should try to help pick their friends because whoever they spend the most time, get this, with, that's who they're going to become like. And so when Jude was in first grade, I would look at the kids in line before he went into the class and think, okay, Colby's cool. His parents are normal. Okay, Eric's really normal. And I'd bring Skittles, say, hey, Colby, if you play basketball with Jude, I'll give you this candy. I started picking Jude's friends. Why? Because whoever he was with, that's who he'd become like. So if you want to change your child, change your friends and you'll change your child. you guys clap funny amen and so here we go this is luke chapter 11 and we're going to begin to look at verses 1 through 4 and it says now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place let's pause circle that in your bible he was praying it's his custom how can we follow Jesus if we're not practicing the ways of Jesus? And he had a certain place. I want you to underline certain place. Where is your best place where you're at your optimum level? For me, it's in the morning. Becky really is more a nighttime person. For me, it's in my chair with a cup of coffee. For Becky, she goes down in her room where she has the mirror, the elliptical, and that's her spot. For some people, it may be in the shower. Maybe it's the drive going to work. Where is? Is your certain place. Jesus had a certain place where he prayed. And then it goes on and says, when he ceased, and I love this, meaning prayer should have a beginning time and it should have an end time. Now, the Bible does say pray without ceasing, but personally, I think it's unprofessional, disrespectful. If you're at work and you're praying and your boss said, why didn't you do the project? Oh, I'm praying. Well, he doesn't pay you to pray, but God asks you to pray. Amen. And then so he says this, when he had ceased that one of the disciples said to him, get this, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So one of the greatest institutions as for a church and a community of faith is we are a teaching institution. And we're not just trying to, and I love Tony Robbins, man, I want to do that walk of fire one day. I really do. I mean, it looks kind of fun, you know. And, and so I've thought about that bit. One of the greatest things we should begin to teach you, your children, our people is how to pray. That is very important. We could teach them everything. What if you learn about blessing, prosperity, healing, but we did not learn how to pray in the pattern, the model, and the pathway of prayer? Then we will not be following Jesus very close. And so, in uh, when Jake was in they had Dad's Day. And they had a young man whose grandfather and father uh, was a quarterback in the NFL. Another young uh, young gal, her dad was a catcher for the Yankees and was uh, the voice of Fox News for Mariner Baseball. Uh, so the one girl, she said, my dad's a baseball guy. When I get older, I'm going to play baseball. My dad, the kid said, is a football guy. When I get older, I'm going to play football. Well, Jake just started his school career. And we we had gone to Southern California. We went to Knott's Berry Farms and go, boys. I was a sweeper at Knott's Berry Farm. He thought that was the coolest thing. So what does he do? He said, "My dad was a sweeper at Knott's Berry Farm. When I get older, I want to work at Knott." I'm going, Jake. For goodness sakes, you know I have a degree. And so in first grade, I said, "Try not to use the Knott's illustration." Kid you not, this is what he said. I thought, I wonder what he's going to say. This guy was always verbal. He gets up. He said, my dad gets up before the sun's up, and he prays. And when he prays, things happen. And when I get older, I'm telling you, that kid would have never known what it did. It made me pray more, not less. He says, and when I get older, I'm going to be a prayer guy. Prayer should be modeled. It should be lived. It should be executed. It should be taught. And it should have the highest priority in the life of every believer because we don't pray when all else fails. We pray all the time. Can you say amen? Now, I'm going to begin to read. It said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say. So all the guys out here, prayer isn't just for the ladies. Well, you know, women, they just pray on a prayer. That's not true. It says, whoever you are, when you pray, say. You have to say something. I was at an event in Montecito about three months ago, and they had all these couples here, and this guy got up. His wife was talking. He goes, how many men know our wives outpray us? Women know how to pray. I leaned over to Becky and said, you don't outpray me. I've outprayed you for 30-something years. Can I say, and I I really, and look, it's not a competition. That is a lie from the pit of hell, because I want to make a public service announcement. When men of God pray daily, the world will be changed. The nation will be reformed. California will be saved. Hey, where's that in the Bible? Why do we make praying to be something that women do that men don't do? Hey, I'm a dude. I don't even talk. I don't pray. i got it all by myself. No, I'm a man. I'm a man of God. My God prays. I pray. And when the man who taught what I'm going to teach you in a moment, he said something supernatural happens when a man or a woman prays an hour a day. Can I tell you, give it a year and watch what will happen. Maybe you won't do an hour, but I'm giving you a pathway, a model, and a pattern. This isn't free terrain. Go at it on your own. No wonder some of us don't pray. We don't have the pattern. We don't have the pathway. We don't have the model. But Jesus gave us the model. So he says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Anyone have bitterness in here today? Someone's lying up in here. He's saying it. I mean, one time this person came to a pastor's wife. This is like five years ago. She goes, I have been bitter with you for four years. I go, I'm sorry, what did I do? I can't remember, but I'm bitter. And I said, I hope you haven't sinned because it says following this pattern, if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. I said, you haven't been forgiven, so your prayers can't be answered. Then I just walked off. Bam. No. (laughs) Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. Run and tell that homegirl. Okay. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, it's going to come on the screen. I'm going to slightly turn this way. I want us to read it together. You're not at the Dodgers game. This isn't the Clippers. We're going to participate together in reading this out loud. No, it's a modern translation. I'll try to go to Old King James. And, and you say, why uh, does Steve not let you sing? Don't you think Steve should have had me sing on the Worship Live CD? Sabrina, I love you. She's the only one who said yes. Jake didn't say one word. Thank you for that confirmation, Jake. Because number one, I sound like a lounge lizard in an airport. Number two, I make up my own words. So I'm going to turn. Will you read it with me? I'm going to count to three. All right, I'll count in Spanish. Uno, dos, tres. Okay. So he said, no, 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 no. Our Father in heaven... will be done. Honor. Give us our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and do not lead us into temptation. This is something very sacred to me. Uh, all the clothes I have, take them. Even my car, which I really love. I don't let anyone drive my car, because I'm so picky with my car. I would rather lose my car than this card, because this represents over 30-something years. Initially, I started using a card like this, a man had produced it, and it's using the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer as a pattern, as a model, as a path. Meaning that you use that and I guarantee you, your life will change and your prayer life will be enriched where you will follow God ever so closely. And in this, I love it, it starts off with Jeremiah 29, 11. And if you've ever been to a youth camp, you know Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, to give you a hope in a future. And it starts off right here, our Father who is in heaven. So, how do you start your prayer? Especially men, I want to talk to you. I think one of the reasons men don't pray is it that they don't gravitate towards spirituality or following the Holy Spirit. They just don't know what to say. And it seems like women, they just know usually what to say. But where you start off is you just simply say that phrase, Our Father who is in heaven. Madame Guyon from the 16th century, a great mystic of the church, she said when praying the our Father, you should not rush through it. But like, get what she said, like a bee going into the depths of a flower, that you get the nectar from heaven. You should ponder each word. And when you use this, we use this as a pattern. We stop, we we pause our minds, and, and we begin to reflect on God the Father. There is no God that claims to be Father. That our God is a father. And what did Jesus say? If you being earthly fathers, know how to give good gifts to your earthly children, how much more your heavenly father. So when I start off, I don't come to God begging, wishing, hoping, oh Lord, let's bargain. Let me let me bargain with you. No, I come and I approach God the way the Lord told us, our Father. And what did Jesus say? He said, Up until now, you haven't asked the Father anything in my name. "'But ask him my name, and what you ask him my name, "'it will be granted, and even though he, he knows, "'he will grant it that you have fruit, "'your life will be abundant, and the fruit will remain.'" So when we start, I don't say my father, but I say our father. When Becky and I were in Italy, I told you we had had an argument. And we were on the train coming from Naples to Rome, then to Florence. And we we were sitting by each other. And we both experienced the presence of the father. I knew he knew where I was wrong. I knew he knew where she was wrong. But that all-encompassing father is such a good, heavenly father. That is who he is. And I am loved by Him. That's who we are. And when we start our Father who is in heaven. Let me just stop the father's resources are not connected to earth our God has unlimited resources stop telling me where the economy's at stop telling me how you lost your job you have a heavenly father who longs to you good to do you good and not evil and heaven isn't that far from us it's right here I want to bring heaven to the earth <laughs> amen I'm not joking you, Matthew. This is just my take on it. I believe heaven, like if you're in your house and the Venetian blinds are shut, it does not matter you don't see what's outside. It doesn't make it any less a reality. I'm telling you, this pattern will open your eyes to see heaven, its glory, and how you personally can bring heaven to this earth. That is my goal. I want to follow Jesus to become like Jesus for the sake of the world to find Jesus. And I, I, I love that. And it says this, hallowed be your name. I just want you to think, for me, I don't mind if someone curses. And I'm not, I'll tell you the curse. No, I won't. I can't tell. <laughs> ah, I almost did. Oh, thank you, Lord. Becky must be praying on a plane somewhere. <laughs> I know her, the curse word that drives her crazy, I know. And sometimes I'll just say it to drive her crazy. Now, I will tell you, you say, if you use the Lord's name in vain, can I tell you, it's going to drive me, I'll, I'll confront you, I don't care who you are. Yeah. I heard a non-believer say, ah, oh, mom, mom, JC. And I said, Buddha, your mama. <laughs> Why? There is no other name given under heaven by which men and women could be saved. Come on, the name of the Lord is a strong tower in the righteous. Come on, they used to do it in City Kids, and the righteous run to it, and they are saved. Come on, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, it's not just a ritual. It's not just any name. You got sickness in your body, use the name of Jesus. You need a miracle, use the name of Jesus. I was praying for a Buddhist. She was in a coma. They said, will you pray? I said, I can't pray in the name of Buddha. I don't No Buddha. I can only pray in the name of the one I know. I will use the name of Jesus. Come on. Amen. And then the next one is your kingdom come, your will will be done. Now on this card, and this card is over 30 something years old. It says here, destiny and authority. Say this with me. Your kingdom come, your your will be done. Oh, everyone, from the Catholics to the Baptists. You know what they call their cross? Okay, they get a hangnail. That's my cross. They have a weird face. That's my cross. They have a spouse. That's my cross. No, that is not your cross. Negative things are not your cross. A diagnosis isn't your cross. You know what the cross is? When my will crosses the will of God, I say these exact words. Your will, not my will, be done. Can I just say, some of you have been asking, maybe you're a female and you're dating an unsaved guy. Lord, is it your will? Lord, is it your will? Look, if you want to be a missionary, go to Thailand. You know, that's not God's will. It says you shall not be unequally yoked. So you know what? You got to let your will submit to the will of God. Then it'll go well for you. Can you say Amen. Now, this next one, honestly, I, I cry when I see this. They wanted to take a picture of it, but it's too personal. We, I, when I was working for Procter & Gamble, I made more money than any uncles or my aunts on both sides. And I would give that up to become a youth pastor never have regretted it. Then we had moved to Seattle over 30-something years ago. And we raised our support $1,400 a month. I want you to say this after me. Say, give us this day oh, good Lord, my goodness, man! don't pray with that. You should put a little bit of feeling in it, okay? So say, give us this day day, our our daily bread. No, he didn't say, give us this month, give us this year, give us this quarter, give us this day. How can you believe God for your year when you can't believe God for the day? You know why? We're just like the children of Israel. Oftentimes we want to go get more manna on the day. But when we try to reach into the future, we're making ourselves in the place of God. And it will turn into a maggot. Can I say, give us this day our daily bread. We had raised our own support to go and help start the city church with Pastor Wendell and Jenny. The support was 1400 a month. Our apartment rent was 833 Our health insurance, which we had to pay for, was 356 Now, look, if you're going to be a Catholic priest, surely take the vow of poverty. But if you're married, Catholic or Protestant, you better not take that vow because women are expensive. <laughs> and you'll be a reproach. And so I kid you not, I said, Becky, do you think we should tithe? Well, guess what? We would pray together, and we use this as our pattern, our path, our model. And I kid you not, she came, and I said, we have to tithe. I even told the Lord that day in prayer, my whole life is a stinking tithe. (laughs) And I said, no, we'll give the $140. And right here, you can read it. It seems so much 30-something years ago. We had two boys, and she got pregnant with my jaker. We forgot how it happened. <laughs> True story. I'm the only dumb pastor that opted out of Social Security and actually read the form. And the form says if you opt out of Social Security, you ever come into financial duress, you will not look to the government for assistance. only your faith community. She got pregnant, and we had the worst COBRA insurance ever. And Becky goes, we got to go to women, infant, and children. I said, Becky, we cannot. This is the card. I said, I made a commitment. Only you and God will know I breached it. And how will I ever be a minister of the gospel when I did not trust him to keep his word for us? I said, give me till Monday. And I prayed this. Give us this day our daily bread. That Sunday, Dr. Dennis Brown, a man who was an OBGYN, from the church of Christ, came to the church. He said, I heard your wife is pregnant. Tell her to come into my office tomorrow. My practice will cover all prenatal vitamins, and whatever your insurance doesn't cover, I will cover. Can I tell you, you know why this is sacred? Because prayer to me, is it some Disney magic? No, Tony's not preaching it. No one's preaching it. This is real. And God came through, and I can tell you when he came through, I know that I know that I know that this is a pattern that will make our past and our lives brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen? And I know that. And I know that. And the next one is this. Lead us not. Oh, it says, forgive our sins as we forgive others who sin against us. Come on, is there anyone in your family that's offended you? Just look straight ahead, sir. They won't know. Is there anyone on your job, your boss, a fellow worker? Is there anyone at school? can I say we're commanded to forgive people? What is most of Becky and I's communication breakdown? Unforgiveness. Because when we forgive from the heart, it's over. We can move on, and this is a part of a daily pattern. Why do you have to pray that daily? Because people offend me daily. Am I the only one who gets offended? Come on, someone I'm going to run fish last week took my parking spot. I'm a pastor. I wanted to fight him. (laughs) And you know it. You got the blinker on. Blink, blink, blink. And they turn right in there. uh, I'm going to key your car. (laughs) Everyone say forgive. Now this next one, and the keys are going to come up, and I love this. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How many of you are tempted? Oh, not true. Everybody's tempted. Have you ever heard of Billy Graham? I think it was Diane Sawyer. She was interviewing him. She said, Reverend Graham, will there ever be a day that you will not be tempted? He says, oh, Diane. He said, that day will be when I breathe my last breath. Can I say everyone's tempted, but everyone can have power to overcome the temptation through this pattern? And then this is the last one, and I love this one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And you know what amen is? That means faith. And so as the keys come up, what I'm going to do, I want to give you the practice of following. you got the purpose to be with, then you become. Then the pattern is the Lord's Prayer. And I really mean this. Your life will change. I'm not saying don't do an hour. It's been my practice where you will pray over an hour. This is so real to me. It's not even a message. It's my life. We moved here 13 years ago, 15, 18 months after we did. I was praying. I don't need the card anymore. It's embedded in me. It's a part of my ethos. And I was praying against the enemy and my family. And that's when God spoke to me about lymphoma. Can I say this isn't just a cute little thing? It's a pattern that's over 2,000 years, and Jesus gave this pattern. Amen? And I believe it. What is the practice? Number one, practicing trust. And so I want you to write that down. And Tommy Barnett, about two years ago, was at a men's event in LA, they had global pastors. Upper Room was there doing worship. Tommy Barnett is so cool. He said, the Lord has given me my last life verse. When he said that, my ears perked up. I go, I want to know his last verse. And he begins to quote Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. All your ways, not half your ways. And he will direct your paths. He said, that is my last light verse. I'm going to acknowledge God in every way, all my ways, and then sovereignly, He will direct my path. I've done so many youth camps, youth conferences. What we used to do as an illustration for young people. We'd get someone really big and we'd have a, a one of the youth stand and make their body like a, a, just a two by four. And the guy in the back would brace him and where. almost like a trust fall but you're leaning and if you're only leaning back one-third the kid can get up but if they lean you so far it's impossible to get up you know why some people go in and out of a relationship with Jesus they've never fully trusted Jesus this pattern will cause you to take the plunge into the heart of God and when you see the interior beauty of your God You will trust them even when hell strikes you. Because you're too far in. I can't get out. I said what Peter said, Lord, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go, Lord? I'm too far in. This isn't kind of sign on the dotted line for a timeshare. Christianity isn't like going through the timeshare, uh, timeshare program. It's a relationship where you trust God even when you don't understand. When someone dies, when you lose your job, when your body has a diagnosis, I'm too far into Jesus to give up now. The next one, practicing scripture. We read for revelation, not for knowledge. This isn't just a quick fix for your life. God's not trying to put a band-aid on a broken bone. You know what revelation is? Again, it's an aha moment. You'll see God come off the pages of your Bible. You'll see Christ and you'll never be the same. You say, why do you study? I tell my sons, Jude and Jake, because they preach, I said, don't study for a sermon. Study to feed yourself. I feel nourished when I study my Bible. Amen. And then really the next one is meditate for success. Write this down, Joshua 1.8. Do not let the book of the law, that's the Bible, depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. How? Day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And then the last one, practicing giving and serving. Go with me to this last scripture, Matthew 20. And we're going to baptize some people. This is verse 26 and 28. It says yet it shall not be so among you but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I want to practice the ways of Christ by serving and giving and by giving and serving. Can you say amen? Now, this card, we're going to make this available to you online. If you don't know how to pray, sir, it's probably not you don't have a heart to pray. You just never had the pattern. It's like you're going off road, mountain terrain in your prayer, and you feel not good at it. Can I say this will help you run in your path? will be brighter and brighter. This is probably one of the greatest things I've ever been taught. It changed my life forever. And I don't know if really you have to pray an hour a day, but I believe in your day, there shouldn't be an hour where you couldn't try to practice this. Even if it's on a break or a lunch time, that you just take something and it becomes your pattern. And you begin to be with Jesus, and then you see you're transformed. Uh, I wrote this book. This embodies even beyond what I told you. And you can purchase. I'm not getting a penny for this, nor do I want that. I did it because I want you to grow. That discipleship is becoming like Jesus. And truly, it's still my aim. I want to be holy. I want to be righteous. I want to be cleansed. I want to be forgiven. Do you say, are you? No, I'm still very broken. But also... There's the very beauty of God in me and in you. And he began it, and I trust he'll complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.